Hello and welcome to a special presentation from In The Money Media. It's Racing With Roman, Season 2, Episode 6, special coverage of Fountain of Youth Day. Peter Thomas Fornital back with you in the Brooklyn Bunker once again, joined by uh, the man for whom this show is named. You know him as a gambler, as a horse owner, uh, as a successful professional. He is Lawrence P. Roman, a.k.a. Larry. Larry, how are things in South Florida today? Oh, they're beautiful. Uh, it's a little overcast here. I sent you a photo so you could get a feel for it. Uh, I don't think it's going to rain too much if it does. Uh, but right now the weather is perfect for racing, and let's just hope the uh, the rain gods stay away from us. Um, but I'm expecting a great day of racing at Gulfstream. Oh, my God, what a card. What a card we have today of 14 races. So it's unbelievably exciting. I actually have two horses in today at uh, Aqueduct uh, in the Stymie Handicap, Long Shots. Uh, I was thinking of flying there, and they go, no, the weather's raining. <laughs> I'm staying right here in South Florida, and I'll watch on simulcast. Will you be betting either of your horses in New York? Do you think they're worth a shot at the prices they'll be? Should we talk about that for a second? I think they're worth – well, long shots are always worth uh, a chance, especially in those kind of conditions. One is 12 to 1 in the morning line. Uh, quality Chic, I think, is also 12 to 1. Uh, laughing boy, we're going to keep. There's a speed bowler in the race, so we're going to keep him second. Uh, of course, I'm not riding them, but that's that's what I said. He's a good stalker. Uh, he's not good on the lead, but he's a good stalker, so he'll be there. And quality chic, I'm hoping uh, in this one mile race just stays to the outside. Uh, Sandy Goldfarb had a horse double entered here at Gulfstream and there at Aqueduct. He's a good friend of mine, and instead of staying here in Gulfstream and racing for 200, he had a ship to Aqueduct to, to break my chops. But <laughs> that's the game. There's no friendship in racing, as you know. We're friends outside of racing. When it comes to racing, nobody's friends. We all want to win, which is the way it's supposed to be. The race we're talking about is the Stymie, as Larry said, 434 Eastern at Aqueduct. I will say this, just even the, the, the quick look at the PPs here, it does seem like Ultimately, Laughing Boy could prove the best speed, and Quality Chic has a chance to be the best closer. So I, I definitely think you got a good chance to to hit the board in there at the at the very least. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out in that race. Did you handicap the whole race, or are you more just interested in your runners in there? No, no, I, I handicapped the race. The thing is, in New York, the track surface, as we all know, I mean, I, I see six furlong races going in one sixteen. When I'm used to them going in 110, 111. So it's been slow. literally anything can happen in these races. And, uh, you know, I always felt I was a great handicapper at Aqueduct, but these last few months, I, I just see horses winning that I just couldn't come, come up with. I tried to stick with trainers. Uh, you know, Actress is hot as a pistol right now in New York. So he won. I had a horse uh, called Ski Patrol, won easily. Uh, Another one of these, which we should talk about, voided off the claim. They, uh, the horse was voided. Then I come back and I went by three and a half lengths. So it works for me and it's worked against me. I just don't agree with this voided claim rule. Other than if the horse comes back and has something in his system, then I think sure. uh, that should happen. But, you know, I, I look at a horse in today, quality G, all right? 
uh, Pletcher and Robert LaPenta put the horse in for 35000 Well, clearly the horse was worth more than 35000 Somebody claims the horse, probably a punter like me, for thirty five, he could afford that. The horse gets voided. The horse does well in the race, gets voided. And now the horse wins, I don't know, $100,000 since then, races every month. So you you, you got to question this whole thing. I think what it should be is if there's a problem with the horse, the guy who's going to claim should have the option, not beforehand, but after the race, talk to the vet. The vet will say, oh, his shoe came off. It's not, it's not major. Do you want the horse or not? You want the horse? Great. But this thing of voiding claims, uh, and we've all seen them. You know, nobody wants to bet them. Uh, they avoid it. And then the horses run right back to where they were. So I'm not a fan of it. It's a new rule. Uh, I am a fan of, uh, you know, honesty and integrity in the game. But I don't think this does anything uh, to help horse racing, in my opinion. It may help an, an owner one way or the other, but it doesn't help the game. So that's my that's my spin on it. Nobody really cares what I have to say, but I paid for the show, so I can't say what I did. <laughs> that's not true. You're an experienced veteran. People want your perspective. Look, the I think the yeah. idea of the voided claim is great. The idea that you can't put an injured horse in a race and pass them off to, to somebody else makes sense. But I think what you said is key. There needs to be a little bit of back and forth here because clearly people are exploiting the system, not pointing any specific fingers here, but you know the, the way we've seen it used is not in the spirit of the intention of the rule. So I think the rule needs to be revised in some way. And it's something I want to do a little bit more research on because, yeah, what you're saying is clearly a problem. But I also think the you know the basic idea of the rule of trying to create some accountability where you can't just hand off an injured horse and make it somebody else's problem. Like that part of it is good, but the, the dots have to be connected in, in a better way where you can't see, you know, people good. playing games with the system. We definitely agree as far as that goes. Good. Hopefully they'll set up a panel with experienced people uh, in the game and let them decide on what the rules are because it affects us. And like I said, it has helped me. It has hurt me. It's nothing to do personally. I care about the game. And, and that the rules of the game, I think, are fair. And I could just, I mean, I've seen a dozen horses, <laughs> more, uh, probably 30 or 40 horses that went on to win race every month, and yet they were voided claims. Why? Because, look, a bet looks at a horse after the race, the horse might have lost a shoe. The horse might have taken a little bad step. What's the difference between a really bad issue versus an issue that's going to go away in two or three days. Right. So I just, I just don't like it. And uh, it is what it is. Hopefully we will modify the rule. If you don't get rid of it, which I would get rid of it, but a modified rule I could deal with uh, so that I think it's more fair, but the game is the game. I don't make the rules. I just follow them and we live by them. And I still love the game. Uh, I'm ready now that I, blew up steam on that ready to dig into three races today you have the scratches and the race two indeed let's take a look race number two is actually clean this very interesting three-year-old maiden race let me update it one more time and make sure nothing came in in the last second no then all nine scheduled are going postward 
there's some hyped horses in here, some horses that there have been some hype around in time. Uh, the number two runner, BU, before his first race at Saratoga last year, had, you know, oh, this is the this is the fastest Pletcher baby, kind of. There was some of that buzz around this one. It hasn't really uh, lived up to that. you got a horse like Big City, who's run well twice. Um, and then you've got some, some horses at uh, bigger prices as well. Curious to know who you were thinking of when you decided to pick this race, or did you just think it was an interesting race generally? Well, uh, you know, I love the younger horses. I love the three-year-old colts and geldings when you see, you know, that they're eligible for the triple crown and they're young and they're going to develop. So I just thought it was such an interesting race uh, to look at. So I look at a horse like Big City and my first reaction is well you know he's had two starts and he hasn't been really close and he's the morning line favorite but then you look at who he was in against especially his last race this was speakeasy which is in the fountain of youth which we'll talk about later uh and victory avenue who's also a great horse and so he was wide on the outside uh he got lasix for the first time uh, the, th- the fourth horse was three lanes back of him. This horse is going to be a gorilla with L- Louis Saez on the rail. Uh, so I really think this horse is going to finally uh, break his maiden. I think he's ready. I look at a horse like BU, which, first of all, I don't get the name BU. Um, of course, I'm, i am got to be myself. <laughs> but you look at, you know, the, this horse is by Carlin. He's a great bred horse. Yet they only paid three hundred twenty thousand, and they say only because with Rapoli it's usually seven hundred thousand to a million. Right. So they only paid three, you know, three hundred twenty. The the sire is two fifty. So there's something that's not that great about this horse. His first race was good, uh, and then you look, they put him in right way, right away in Grade Ones, and he got checks, and then they put him back in main special weights. And he really has not been fired or been good or whatever. Now, every time I say that about Arado Tease, he comes back and bites me. <laughs> but I don't like the horse. I don't like the horse at all. Um, you look at the, the three horse, Tappet. He's a Tappet out of a pioneer of the Nile. Uh, he's interesting because he was in that same race with Speakeasy and Victory Avenue. He was caught wide. He's now moving inside against a weaker field. You got to use this horse. You ju- you just have to. He's going to be there. I don't know that he's going to win because I like Big City, but he- you got to use him because of that. Then my favorite is this Howard Wolowitz. Who names a horse Howard Wolowitz? <laughs> I once named a horse by accident. I had no choice. I named the horse Lawrence the Roman, who's the best horse I ever owned. But it was only because I had submitted the name three times and every name came back. Somebody else had it. So I said, all right, nobody's going to have this. Never <laughs> knew he would horse. And then everybody said, how could you name a horse after yourself? Well, it was by accident. So I don't know. I can't. Uh, Munnings, I like Munnings Phillies more than Colts. They're okay. I don't like them. I don't like Mo Rhodes. Acclaimed Victor, you know, has a nice first start. He's well-bred. But he's outside. He's uh, he was at Tampa. He's coming to Gulfstream. Uh, I don't know. I'm not four to one. I'm not using him. Sorry. The seven, in my opinion, should be in a fifty claimer, not in this race. Uh, 
the, the eight horse, Jefferson Street, might do a little better with Billy Mott. Second time out, he showed some speed. He's well-bred street sense out of a Bernardini mare. Clearly, uh, you know, looks like he has stamina, but, uh, you know, you got to get a price on that horse. Good dolphin horse. So clearly they like him. And the nine horse, I think, you know, it's just going to be speed out there and finish far back. So what say you? Well, I certainly get your affinity for that speakeasy race. I mean, it came back really fast. And Big City does look probably like the one out of that race. But I thought the interesting stranger, you, you dismissed the six acclaim victor. But I think this horse could actually maybe drift in the betting over that four to one of the morning line. We'll have some bit of an idea for the early pick five looking in doubles at how they're going to bet this one. I just thought the horse was a little bit interesting based on how hard he was bet at Tampa, two to five on debut, and then didn't break. And when I say didn't break, we're talking about, you know, off Porsche several lengths. And I just thought showed a little bit of ability running on through the lane out of price as the uh, sort of the quote unquote other Pletcher. I was interested in this one because he doesn't always send the bad ones to Tampa. Sometimes he, you know, I know he really loves the racing service there. And sometimes he'll send the good ones over there, even though they're they're running for less money. So I thought Acclaim Victor was the one to maybe pair with your big city and, and Tapacana coming out of that good race. It's certainly interesting, and we'll get a little bit of a line on Speakeasy's form too. So really important race early on in the day here in this uh, in this second. How were you thinking of approaching it from a wagering point of view? Is this just a, a win bet, or will you mess around with exactts or, or picks? Well, well, I'm going to do. I'm going to do both. I'm going to use uh, Big City in the doubles, uh, basically key him in the doubles. Uh, but I'm going to do box exactors. I'm going to, because I do think the three has a shot, and I do agree with you. The six has a shot, and a slight shot on the eight. So I'll be bet- boxing one three, one six, and one eight for a little bit. And just using the one uh, as the key in doubles with a few horses in the next race. Uh, we're not going to get into that race, but you know, just like every other race, these are full fields, tough horses. Uh, so I just, again, when I initially looked at Big City, I didn't like him until you start to look at who he was in against. Uh, and you got you to gotta give the horse, uh, you know, a lot of credit. And again, this three, uh, you know, if the one doesn't win, the only horse I see really is the three. Although you're right about the six. I just can't understand a guy like Pletcher. He paid 725000 for this horse. And yet his first start is at Tampa. Now, I know he has a lot of horses. But when you pay 725000 for Omaha Beach, you got to feel that this, is, this horse is ready to debut you know, at Gulfstream or, or Oakland, and I don't think he races much at Oakland, but certainly at Gulfstream, I would have thought he would debut. Instead, he elects for a one to two at, at Tampa, and he didn't get the job done. Bad break. He has stories. He might, he, he could be great here. I mean, they paid a lot of money for him. I'm not saying he's uh, impossible. I just didn't understand why he brought him to Tampa for his first race, spending that kind of money uh, on the horse. Yeah, I've seen that happen with other horses that he likes just because he likes that racing surface. I'm trying to remember specifically. 
Um, one of the one of the Derby runners that he had in recent years had ran in a maiden at Tampa. Like I think sometimes it's just uh, the, for whatever reason he thinks certain horses are going to like that surface better than this one. We'll see how it plays out. I'm not interested at a short price, but you know if we can get if we can get that four to one, I think he might be worth throwing in. Let's dive deeper into some of these big stakes races we have a little bit later okay. in the card, Larry, starting okay. with uh, the race number 12, where we've got the grade three Canadian stakes. We're going a mile and a 16th on what hopefully will be firm turf in this spot. We do have a scratch here. You can take out the number nine giant game. This was a, a, a 20 to one shot on the line. Right. Uh, so hopefully it doesn't affect your, your reckoning of the race too much. Who is it you're interested in, in here? Okay. Well, again, uh, you know, sometimes I look at races because, there are horses I want to bet on, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes they're just really interesting, great races. And I think this is a really interesting, great race. And I'm going with a long shot here, um, which is smoke and tea. Okay. And, you know, the, these races, I, I, people, a lot of people, it's interesting. A lot of people like the outside posts, not me. I'm an inside post guy. Why I started in a harness race. <laughs> I always wanted to be inside. And uh, so I see a lot of times these horses, uh, when they're outside, they get stymied by the pace. You know, you're dependent upon the pace when you're on the outside, unless you're fast enough to get right to the lead, which is unusual the way these uh, guys are riding. So smoking tea. All right, we look at them. His last race. Now, we're talking about a horse, a warfront out of a ghost zapper mare. Phenomenal. Raced at Churchill Downs, went at four to one, uh, was a reasonable pace, nothing crazy. He swept around the field. He drew away. J.R. Velasquez comes back to ride him. He's six to one. Uh, you look at him, he's consistent. Third, first, second, first, third, third, first. Uh, he doesn't usually put two wins together. But I think today might be his day. And I'm not, he's not a lock by any chance, but you got to use this horse uh, within the race. I had one yesterday, probably the only winner I had, Axtalum, which was a similar thing where I saw a lot of speed. And he was, he was seven to one. He comes storming down the stretch once he, he shook free while everybody else uh, was, you know, racing very strongly at the beginning. So, that's the horse that I'm picking. And we have, uh, you know, this horse, Emmanuel, who I think is, you know, very, clearly he's a very nice horse, Todd Pletcher. The Radarkees again to come and bite me. But, <laughs> you know, the horse, he raced August 12th, his last start, the four-star day. He really wasn't competitive. Um, and now you're coming back, what, six, seven months later? And you're two to one in the morning line because it's Arad Ortiz and Todd Pletcher. Not taking my money. It may bite me, but you're not getting my money. Uh, you know, we look at uh, this horse, Turf King. Uh, you know, I love these King uh, Kingmans. I just think they're phenomenal turf horses. I think he's a little high here, you know, but would I say he can't be in the money? No, I think he can get a piece of it, but I'm not betting him. Uh, Siege of Boston is another war front out of a Sadler Wells mare. Uh, he always, he's one of these horses that always comes running late. You know, he comes, he's coming on, he's coming on, but he never wins. 
but he's he's always closing strong. So you want to bet him the next start. Uh, you know, James Toner, uh, Jose Ortiz took the, the mount. I think the horse will be in the triples, but I don't see him as a winner. Uh, then you look at the horse of tone, five to two morning line. All right, well, he raced the Gulfstream December second in a, a weaker race, optional sixty two. He was three to five. Uh, you know, he was right there, but he didn't win. He didn't win. Uh, his last race, he came from far back in a Grade One. I get it. Uh, you know, he closed very strongly. He's not my horse. I'm just not betting this horse. I think he's going to be bet very strongly, like with the other horse. I don't like him, but you know he'll be in the in the mix. Um, seven is outclassed. The eight horse. Uh, my favorite guy, Michael Ivarone from Big Brown Days. He got me into the winner's circle in the Kentucky Derby with Big Brown. So I'm always going to like him, but I don't like the horse. But He's a nice bred horse. I don't think he belongs in the race, but I'll be rooting for him. The nine horse, I give him no chance. Uh, you know, he's cut. Oh, he scratched. I'm sorry. Yeah, I had the X's there before and after. And the ten horse is uh, is ice chocolate. He's outside. You know, he's a nice horse. He really is. Great too. He's always right there. I would tell people not to use this horse. I think the horse should be used. Uh, you know, he's got to figure a spot, get into the race. He's got Luis Saez, you know, he's a very brilliant jockey. So I, I'd i rather use him than the six. So that's how I see it now. How do you see it? We're slightly oppo. I definitely understand your case on smoke and tea, and I want smoke and tea on some tickets, mainly because of the trip I think he's going to get. it. This is a horse who's got that positional speed to be forward but as we saw the last day can also close and, and finish with uh, something in the tank and McGahee has done very well on these big stakes days at uh, Gulfstream over the years so lots of arrows pointing in that direction to me maybe you're underrating a tone the six a little bit I mean I take your point about not wanting to go crazy at a short price on a horse who disappointed at short odds back on that December 2nd race. That was a very bloody result for me in that one. I really <laughs> thought he was nailed on in that spot. But I think that maybe maybe he was a little bit short that day. I know it wasn't some huge layoff, but I don't know. For whatever reason, he didn't fire his A game. I really like the run in the grade one back in the Pegasus turf. I mean, that is some serious form to a worm heart and all very busy. I mean, just horses that would be very, very, very short prices were they to appear in this spot. And Maker's another one who, on this day particularly, has done extremely well. I'm not going to be letting him beat me. I was going to probably try to get out with the two and the six. I mean, there are, as you mentioned, cases for some of the others. Uh, Emmanuel might be short enough for me around two to one, and he's a horse I've always liked, but kind of wanted to get a line on his form and, and see where he was and was definitely leaning towards the six and the two in this year's Canadian. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. I'll ask you the same question I asked about the other race. In terms of wagering, which pools are you the most interested in here? Uh, well, you know, I'm going to do exact the pools here, uh, and I'm going to keep them around the two. So even though uh, I don't like the three, I'm going to box the two with the three. I'm going to box the two a little <sighs> bit with the four. Uh, to a little bit with the six and and the uh, ten and the ten. I think the ten 
you know, he just he's not he's not a flashy horse. He doesn't win by a lot of lengths. Uh, you know, he's always there by her nose. But those kind of horses at a price, you know, you never could throw them out. And I think that that's really uh, that's really key to when you're betting exactus. You want prices, and you know what? I every time I bet these favorites, I usually lose. Uh, but when you hit one score with a big, uh, you know, long shot, that's what you can make. That's what I love about racing. All you need is one winner in a yep. day. And if they're good prices, you can walk out a winner. It only takes so one. Yeah, That's it. One at a good price. Not a yeah. four to five shots. A good price. I, I see your point. I see your point on off shock a lot. I shock a lot, excuse me, uh, especially for underneath in there. Closed pretty well last time into that slow pace. And the best bits of that horse's form is as good as any of those. And you've got the right hands and, and maybe the right kind of setup to work out a trip, maybe to the second flight or something for that one. Uh, I, I think I might end up throwing in underneath in exact as, as well with the two and the six. Shall we talk about the race that gives the day its name, the Fountain of Youth? Yeah, that's the big race. So big news here, huge news, bombshell news that I hadn't oh. seen until this second. Locked is out, Larry. So oh. as is, boy, this race has been really cut up badly by scratches. So Victory Avenue is out. That's that horse that was second in the speakeasy yeah. race. Merritt, the six runner, is out. And Locked, the eight, who I was all about in this spot, is out. So, you know, we get that's going to take us a second to... Um, to, to absorb that information, it looks to me now, Larry, looking at this race again, uh, as if for the first time, it's almost a match race between the one, Speakeasy, who we talked about before, and then the five-runner, Danny Gargan's Dornock. Um, for me, between those two, I'd give preference to Speakeasy at this point. I mean, this is a horse, remember, this was the race that we uh, we talked about this race, that hot maiden on Pegasus Day, the same race that Mage won last year. And I actually like the fact in a funny way that speakeasy wasn't bet hard in that race. Cause it tells me they thought the horse was going to need a race. It tells me they thought the horse was probably going to be better with distance. He gets both of those things here. I mean, Dornick would be on anybody's top 10 for the Derby, but I can't shake the idea that he was the beneficiary of the way that track was playing that day in the rims. And it was a speed track. It was an inside track. That's where he was. Uh, very, very interesting uh, changes here at the last second with uh, Locke not competing. Take out the three, six, and the eight. Uh, how were you originally looking at this race very quickly, and then how were you looking at it now? Well, you you, you actually ruined my my day. Oh, my God. I wanted Locke <laughs> to be in there because I didn't like Locke. I oh, okay. Locke you wanted to beat him. Locke not to win. <laughs> I love Speakeasy. I love this horse. And I'm going to tell you why. We all know that it's not great to break from the rail. Okay, the track was playing favorites. But in these races, your first-time starter, you're on the inside in a full field. You're going to get splattered behind all these horses that are gunning out there and everything. He did. He broke out sharply. Then he went right into the favorite. Now, now notice he was heat to one. So Todd Pletcher, you know, he's going off at four to five, two to one, eight to one with a rat or a tease junior. They probably didn't think this horse was so good. Okay. He immediately challenged uh, Victory Avenue. Immediately went after him. Now you got to feel Victory Avenue at three to two is going to just put him away coming on the turn. 
and he just kept coming. And if you watch at the end, he was drawing away. He wasn't, I mean, the, the call was that he won by two and a half. I think he, uh, they have him by a length and three quarters. He could have won by four. This horse was fantastic. And he may be, other than I think Fierceness is the best three-year-old right now. I know he disappointed. I don't think he was ready for the race. I didn't like the ride. I, I, I still think Fierceness is the best horse. But if there's one that can beat him in the Derby, it's this horse, Speak Easy. And when I saw 9-2 to two in the morning line, I was going to empty out the ATM machines in Gulf Street. <laughs> okay. But now, like you said, now it's going to come down to a two-horse race. And Speak Easy is probably going to be 7-5 to five and, and Dornock about the same. Does that sound right to you? Yeah, I bet Dornick will be maybe it'll be like a six to five, seven to five, or an even money right. six to five kind of thing. Right. You know. I think I think the track should have a bet. The bet is who's going to be the favorite in the race, and only take <laughs> out a five percent commission <laughs> because I can't figure out who's going to be the favorite in that race. When they had him at nine to two in the morning line at Victory Avenue at four to one, are you kidding me? He he just. <laughs> Beat him out, outright, no doubt about it. So I thought Speakeasy, uh, with the whole field, if I got even five to two, I was betting out on him. Uh, but now with Locked out of the race, and, and it's only doorknock, uh, you know, they're all talking about Sierra Leone. I don't see him as a Kentucky Derby winner. Nice horse. I don't see him as a Kentucky Derby winner. Uh, Speakeasy's buyer is 100. If you look at Buyers, his first start, he's a hundred. What is? Do you see any a hundred buyers at Dornock? No, I see a ninety-one. That's a big difference. So, I don't know. I maybe even if Speakeasy easy is even money, I'm going to bet him because I think he can't lose. As a matter of fact, I'll go on record right now. He can't lose. And if Victory Avenue was in and Locke was in, he still couldn't lose. <laughs> He's exciting, and uh, it, you know now he's really got a situation here. Boy, I'm sure they're glad they didn't go in that allowance race. Now, remember, he was originally cross-entered, and there yeah, was a lot of will he or, or won't he, and and the, certainly in the right spot now. Um, maybe they also knew. Maybe, uh, clearly, he's the uncoupled stable made of locked, so maybe they had an inkling something was up. I was just checking articles online and trying to see if there was any story about locked because you know that was a horse that was basically a consensus number one at this point for for the for you know derby anti-post type stuff now scratching for the second proposed prep race something's obviously up there uh, i'm sure we'll get word eventually and be able to share that on a on a future uh show but uh yeah I, i'm with you i think speakeasy is the one you want to go with in this spot maybe dornick still makes the market for us and we can get Something like odds against on Speakeasy. That 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 would be where I'd be betting in this big one, and we'll we'll sort of key everything, key everything to him at this stage. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna apologize because I thought that was gonna be a great race. I was so excited to talk about it, uh, and then with these scratches, you know, even if Victory Avenue is in, it would make it a you know good race because he'd definitely get money, and he ran a great race his first start. He just went in against the killer. So. Yeah. Not like he's not a good horse. I mean, he's a really good horse. But when you go up against a horse like Speakeasy, who's a fighter, tenacious, 
just the kind of horse that I love. <laughs> Rad Ortiz Jr., I don't know. I bet him at four to five. How's that? He's going to crush <laughs> this door knock. They're not the same caliber. And he would have crushed Locke also. I know you think Locke is uh, a Kentucky Derby winner or whatever. No way. No way. Fierce at this is- point, it's hard to it's hard to have the opinion that that that, that he's going to win the Derby when they can't seem to get him right enough to to get back on the track. But we'll see what happened. We'll see if there was uh um we'll see if there's a story that, that comes out that explains what's going on with that uh, very promising horse. Um, unfortunately, yeah, a lot of the a lot of the excitement out of the Fountain of Youth. Got to say, with those three not competing, well, especially Victory Avenue and Locke, but still Derby points on the line. Still a very exciting prospect in Speakeasy. We'll see how it plays out around six ten Eastern tonight. I got to let you get over there, Larry, with this early post. I, I think we should leave it here unless you have a closing I, thought. I have one question: Where is fierceness? Why is fierceness not in this race? I think they just I think it was the plan all along to train him up a, after the hiccup to train him up to the Florida Derby. I don't think he had a setback, but uh I'm not 100% sure, but when I researched it, it didn't look like there was a, a a negative reason why he wasn't here. He just he worked the other day. I think he just wasn't quite ready cuz he just worked back for the first time the other day and apparently looked good. Pletcher was very happy with the way he galloped out on the work. That was one thing that I picked up from the news article I read about it. So, yeah, we'll see him and, gosh, what is that going to be just in about in about another month? Very hard to have a lot of confidence in fierceness off that last run, but no doubt about it. I mean, that race he ran as a two-year-old in the Breeders' Cup, that, that alone was probably fast enough to win uh, this year's Derby with the horses who are going to be competing in it. So you got to take him seriously. I just don't know that you can trust him. Well, I, I'm saying bet him in the Kentucky Derby Futures. Bet speak easy in the Kentucky Derby Futures. One of those two, what I see now, one of those two is going to win. After today, I'll let you know if it's speak easy. But to me, those two horses are far above all these other horses that I've seen so far, other than assuming that uh, you know Baffert's horses can't run. So I don't, I don't even look at those. But those are the horses – not you know i'm just saying my opinion what i see uh and that's how you can make money betting uh these derby futures one of those two is going to win let's see what happens today maybe they'll have my mouth shut but i don't think so <laughs> I, I think i got the right horses all right and we will, yeah. we'll talk in another couple of weeks when the big races come I love it, Larry. Yeah, we'll be in touch about when the next episode will drop. But uh, appreciate you and your support, my friend. Appreciate everybody out there listening, offering us uh, some positive comments on the show. Feel free to reach out with any questions for me or for Larry, and we'll get them answered on a future show. Well, that's going to do it for this one. Thank you again to Larry for sponsoring and sharing his thoughts. Thanks to everybody out there for listening. Until the next time, may you win all your photos.